before you sit down, turn to your neighbor and just say, you are about to be blessed tonight. I would like to, by the end of the service, lay hands on everybody, so don't go home before you receive the blessing. Amen. Who's hungry for the anointing? Just four of us. Wonderful. Who's hungry for the anointing? You have to be if you came to church tonight. Amen. It's almost a full, full house, so that's awesome. Well done. Give yourself a hand clap. That's powerful. Praise the Lord. There's so much more I want to teach on revival, but as I was praying this afternoon, I felt the Lord tell me to do something a little bit different. So would you um, open your Bible in Romans chapter 10, if you have your Bible with you. Romans chapter 10. And I'm going to read verse 17. Now, how many of you believe in the Bible? Ask your neighbor, do you really believe in the Bible? Somebody would say, well, that's a strange question to ask. No, it isn't, because there's a lot of things in the Bible that we are told to do, but we don't do it. Is that true? Yeah. So the question is, do we really believe in the Bible? Well, don't worry. Um, Romans 10, 17 says, So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by what the pastor preaches. Is that what it says? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what another church preaches. No, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. This morning I read the Word. Can anybody agree? And I think we have this great response tonight because a lot of you responded to the Word. Amen. God's Word. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So this morning I spoke about it is God's pleasure to give us His kingdom. Would you agree? And when we receive God's kingdom, which he has given to us with great joy, in actual fact, he wants to force almost the kingdom on us, then we need to understand when we, when we receive God's kingdom, there's a lot of things that we receive with that kingdom, and one of them is called authority. Would you agree? Say with me, authority. Now, I've noticed, and um, so many churches around the world where I go, the house or the churches are full of people, but there are many Christians who still do not understand the authority that God has given them. And then I begin to preach and say stuff like, when last did you cast out a devil? When last did you lead somebody to Jesus? Or when last did you pray for somebody? And I can see people's eyes go this big. And the first thing that Satan does is he tells the people, but you cannot do what he just said. You don't qualify. You're not able to. And uh, the devil comes and he puts lies in your mind by saying, if you do it, what happens if it doesn't work? What happens if you fail? Well, I want to encourage you tonight and show you just again by way of reminder that God has given you and I authority in his kingdom over the works of the enemy. Okay, let's, listen, I think you guys kind of forgot something. When I say something and you kind of agree, go, mm-hmm. Can we do that together? One, two, three? Not too bad. If I say something and you really agree with me, say amen. 
not too bad. Once again, now if I say something and it tickles your spirit and you get excited, jump up and down, turn around and shout hallelujah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> hallelujah. Man, I love it. God bless you. <laughs> if you're a visitor, don't worry. We get sometimes fanatical in this place. Praise the Lord. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. A lot of people say to me, how can you do what you do all the time? Well, I love my preaching because I get to hear my preaching every night. And faith comes by hearing, doesn't it? So I get to hear what I preach every night. I get to hear myself read the scripture. I get to hear myself preach on the scripture. And as I preach it, my faith is constantly being stirred. So I want to encourage you to get into the word and to speak the word and to start writing scriptures down and write it on your wall on a piece of paper, stick it on your wall and begin to speak the word of God over your life. Is that okay? And there's a lot of things. I mean, we've been coming here for so many years and I've preached so many sermons and Pastor James has preached so many sermons. Yet I find that you'll only get a handful of Christians who excel in the Lord, but yet many Christians still stay in the same place. We need to grow in God. Would you agree? So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Go with me to Romans chapter 12. Verse 1 and 2, you know this, I know you know this, but I say this by way of reminder. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Somebody say holy. And say with me, acceptable to who? Not to man. I have to present myself acceptable unto him. How do I know if what I'm doing is acceptable unto him? I have to know, is my, my body, my life, everything I do in line with his word? I have to be living according to his word, not according to somebody's opinion. I have to be in line with his word. And he says that we are to do what? We are to present our bodies, number one, a living sacrifice. Number two, holy and acceptable, which is what? Your reasonable service. Say with me, reasonable service. And that means that when God expects some things of us, he's not unreasonable, he's reasonable. Jesus Christ became man. He became full man. God became man. And Jesus Christ was, was faced with every temptation you and I are faced with. And Jesus overcame temptation. Jesus overcame the works of the flesh. And therefore, you and I can also overcome temptation and the work of the flesh. Would you agree? That's why he says, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? Why must I renew my mind? Well, the answer is in the next sentence. He says that you, somebody say me, that you may prove, say prove. Prove what? What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? What is God's perfect will? His word. 
When you and I change our hearts and we step out of the world and we step into God's kingdom, we are, have to renew our minds to get our minds in line with God's will, with God's word. Now, when we begin to do God's word and we'll prove that his word is true, then you'll begin to understand the things called authority and power and joy and love and peace. All these things will begin to flow in your heart. Would you agree? But it will not come if we do not exercise our faith. Somebody say faith. Now Hebrews 11 verse 6 says that without faith it is impossible to please God. Hello? Without faith, Hebrews 11 6, without faith it is impossible to please God. Look at me. Can God be unpleased with us? Yes. Without faith, it is impossible, impossible. So the only thing that makes God happy is when you and I begin to exercise faith. Would you agree? That's what he says. Don't get mad at me. He says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and not was. He is and, yes, the good news, that he is a rewarder. Of those who diligently seek him. He will reward you. If you diligently begin to seek him. He will honor you. He will honor your faith. He will bless you. The moment you step out. And you begin to respond to the word. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Right? Satan comes through the years and he tells us you can't do that. You don't qualify. You're not good enough. You know you need to go and study seven years to get some degree before you can be called a minister. And he would put all this doubt and fear and unbelief in our hearts. But the Bible says that we need to renew our thinking. How? The, a university degree does not put an anointing on you. Can I say that again? A university degree, a piece of paper, all the diplomas you might have of courses you studied does not put the anointing on you. What puts the anointing on you is your faith in Jesus Christ and acting upon the word and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's how you begin to see the supernatural happen in your life. Some people are really under their idea, well, if I didn't study, I can't do it. That's no way in the Bible. Jesus said, Mark chapter 16, he said, if you believe in me, this, uh, 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 sorry, he said, these signs, Mark 16 verse 17, these signs will follow those who believe. He didn't say these signs will follow those who have a degree. Okay. Do you agree? These signs will follow those who believe. Do we have believers in the house? How many believers do we have? Show me you with your hand raised. Awesome. Well, look at that. These signs will follow those who believe. And you all know me by now. Those of you who don't know me, you'll get to know me. Because when I walk, I'm a believer. According to this verse or that verse, he says, when I walk, these signs will follow me. You are walking. These signs should be following you. Do you remember this morning I read out of the scripture and I told you that we, if we want to advance the kingdom of God, we have to repent, number one. Number two, we have to believe God for signs, wonders, and miracles. It has to flow through us, each and every one of us individually. I asked you a question. I said, how many of you want to be used by God? You said, yes, I want to be used. Well, come on. Now, where is your faith at this point of time? In my name, that's in the name of Jesus, he who believes will cast out devils. He didn't say he who goes to church. 
He didn't say he who has a degree, he who has gone through demonology classes. He says, he who believes in my name, what will he do? He will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. If they have drunk, uh, drink anything deadly, by no means hurt them. He says this, uh, 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 they will pick up serpents, won't hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Would you agree? Come on, family, I'm speaking to you. We are Christians. We are supposed to be operating by faith and see God's power flow through us. So, again, back to Romans 12, verse 2. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So why am I teaching this? I'm reminding you, getting your ways to, to your mind to think differently, that you too can do the works of Jesus. I said, you too can do the works of Jesus. Mark chapter 3, I want to talk to you tonight about authority. Say with me, authority. Mark chapter 3, verse 13. The Bible says, and he, Jesus, went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Then he appointed twelve that they may be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Now somebody would say, hang on now. Let's, you know, get this thing right here because here Jesus is speaking to his 12 disciples and he gave them authority he gave them power to heal and to cast out devils so a lot of people come to me and they'll say to me but what you read there is not for us today now we know what the word disciple means don't we disciple means what a follower of who Jesus if I'm a disciple I'm a follower of Jesus so just you know Basic Christianity 101, how many of you believe in Jesus? Raise your hand. How many of you believe in the teachings of Jesus? Raise your hand. How many of you believe in the works that Jesus did? Raise your hand. Well, congratulations, you're a disciple. You are following. That's why you are here tonight. You didn't come to look at me. You've come to receive from the Lord. And so you've come to learn. And you are a disciple. Now, Hebrews 13, 8 very popular scripture. I always quote it when I come here. You can't twist this verse. You can't take it out of context because Hebrews 13, 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Say this with me. Say Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus is the same yesterday. When Jesus spoke to his disciples in the Bible, he's still speaking to you and I tonight. You can say amen there. When Jesus spoke in the Bible to his disciples, he is still speaking to you and I tonight. Why? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. When we, when we die or, or, or the Lord should tarry to come and it's another 20,000 years from now, Jesus Christ will still be the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
all the commandments that the Lord spoke in the Bible is still applicable to us. Everything the Lord said. And Jesus said this, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. How many of you love Jesus? Well, he said, obey my commandments. What is his commandment? What's the greatest commandment given to God for us? That we are to do what? Love our neighbors. But he also said this, go and make disciples. He said, let these signs follow those who believe. Another scripture, and I'm just quoting it off by heart, and sorry, it's, uh, I'm going too quick <laughs> to give you all the scriptures. But Jesus said this, a student cannot be above his master. If Jesus set the example for you and I to follow after, and you are not doing what Jesus told you to do, are you not then being the student, putting yourself above your teacher? Turn to your neighbor and go, uh-oh. Wave a hand if you agree with what I just said. We cannot be above Jesus. If Jesus said, I want you to make disciples, he as our teacher, as our master, and you as his student, he's given you something to do, and we have to obey him. Why? He's my king. He's my king. And I submit under the lordship of Jesus Christ. I listen to what Jesus said. Because if you listen to people who say, well, you know, Jesus didn't really mean what he said there. Well, he's not confused. I've heard preachers preach that. Well, Jesus didn't really mean, mean that. You know, he was actually just talking to a few people. So you don't have to worry about that. Eh, wrong. You can't just make an excuse because you don't have the faith to do what Jesus said. This is what I'm trying to teach you. This is why we have these revival meetings so that your faith level can rise up. That you can begin to do the works that Jesus did. Somebody say Christian. What does Christian mean? Huh? Christ-like. What does it mean Christ-like? What does that mean? It means to be like Christ. If people ask you out there tomorrow, are you a Christian? And you say, yes, I'm a Christian. Do you know what you're actually saying? You are saying, look at me. I am like him. Right? I'm like Christ. Are you? That's the question. Are you like Jesus? Now, a lot of people, uh, you know, they, they don't like the things that I'm saying, but that's why we have to come back to the word and study the word. And we have to understand that the anointing is not just for the chosen frozen. The anointing is for everybody. Would you agree? The anointing is for everybody, every man and woman, young and old. If you're sitting here, you've given your heart to Jesus, then that power, that authority has been given to you as much as it has been given to me. The same anointing that was on Jesus Christ, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives in me and in you. Give him praise if you agree. Come on. It's the same Jesus. Now listen, some people think that, you know, the apostles, you know, uh, Peter and, and Mark and, and, and John and these guys, they had a greater anointing than we do. Wrong. Hello, it's the same God they serve, the same God we serve, the same Holy Spirit they receive, the same Holy Spirit we receive. There's nothing that makes them more important than you and I. Paul in the Bible didn't have a greater anointing than you and I did. 
But our people are stuck with the thinking, these guys in the Bible, they were the only ones. Who could. That's why the Catholics call them saints. And, and the Catholics are strong in their faith by believing just certain individuals who can operate in the power now have the, the title of a saint. All of us are saints. Amen. All of us are saints. Because the, you have that power and authority to do what Jesus has been doing all the time. We can do that. And remember this. You are the hands, the feet, the eyes of Jesus Christ here on the earth right now. And God desperately needs you to do something for him. So watch this. Back in Mark chapter 3, verse 13. Uh, verse 14. Mark chapter 3, verse 14 says, Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. Tonight, we're going to do some sending by the laying of hands. Nobody got excited about that. And verse 15 says, and to have power and to heal sickness, sicknesses, plural, and to cast out demons. Who's ready for that? Who's hungry for that? I don't know about you, even me preaching for 34 years, if somebody's preaching and there's an opportunity to receive an anointing, even though I've been, you know, doing what I'm doing, I would be there first to receive a new fresh anointing on me. Lay your hands on me, brother. Pray for me. I'm not, I haven't arrived yet. I am dependent upon God and His Holy Spirit. Who would agree? Amen. God needs you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God needs you. Now watch this. Go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 12. I know you know this, or might have, so you might have heard this, or might have even heard me preach this, but the question is, are you exercising the authority that God has given you? And if you haven't, then we need to begin to apply God's word in our lives. James 1 verse 22 says, do not merely listen to the word. Uh, uh, he says, be doers of the word, not hearers only, so deceiving yourself. We have to become doers of the word. Would you agree? Yes. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Bible says, be a doer. Oh, your neighbor didn't hear that. Say it again. Neighbor, you have to be a doer of the word of God. James 1 22. Petra, you can get that one on if you can, James 1 and 22, because I think a lot of people don't read this and they forget what it says. But this is a, actually a very hard scripture, strong scripture that he says in James 1 verse 22. There. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Listen, who deceives you? Ah, you deceive yourself. How? By not being a doer of the word. The fact of the matter is I'm not a false prophet. I'm not a false teacher. If you're not obeying the word of God, then you are being deceived. You can't accuse me from doing things that's wrong if you're not doing what the word says. Would you agree with what I just said? All right, go back with me to John chapter 14. Verse 12, most assuredly, now this is Jesus speaking. So turn to your neighbor and say, the Lord's going to speak to you right now. Is that true? 
Can I, must I become super spiritual and say tonight, thus saith the Lord? I can be spiritual and say that, but listen, tonight Jesus Christ through the Bible is speaking to you and to me. And what does he say? Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me. Once again, who believes in him? All right. The works that I do, he, who's the he? The one who believes. He will do also. Did you get that? The works that I do, says Jesus, if you believe in me, you will do also. And that doesn't stop there. He says, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do greater works than Jesus. Now I can see the doubt when you said that. There was even a, a, a quivering in your voice. Uh, you, you can do greater works. <laughs> I know Dion said so and the Bible says, but I don't know if I really can. Well, do you believe it or not? That's the question. Most assuredly, I said to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. The works that I do, he will do also. The works that I do, he will do also. Who's the he, the one who believes? Do you believe? I know I'm repeating it, but do you believe? Are you doing the works of Jesus? Or is there just the ones and the twos that he's doing? What about the majority of the body of Christ? If we all actually did what the word says, I believe Jesus would have come a long time ago. So the Lord's going to have to wait a long time to get the church activated because God is not coming for a dilapidated, broken down, deformed, uninformed, and uh, 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 disobedient church. He's coming for a victorious bride. Can I get an amen? He's coming for a church who's obedient to His commandments. I've always asked myself this question, Lord, why aren't you coming yet? What's the delay? And the Lord said to me, the church is the delay. Think about that. If we became more active in the kingdom of God, and, and Colossians chapter 1, I don't want to read, I'll just quote it to you, but you can take my word for it, the, that the Bible says the end will come when this gospel is preached. Hello? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, he said the end will come when the gospel of the kingdom is preached in all the world, you see. You and I have a responsibility as Christians to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to work the same works that Jesus worked. Are you with me? I taught on this so many times when I've been here. Who's here for the first time, may I see, who's never been in my meetings apart from this morning? Who, who's here for the very first time that you see me preach? Let me just see how many hands are there. So the majority, there's a, there's a whole group of you, but most of you have heard me preach before. And the question is, what happened the last time? Think about this now. How many times have I laid hands on you who've been in my services before? How many times have you gone out under the power of God? You received the Holy Spirit, you received the anointing. And from the last time I laid my hands on you, how many souls did you get saved? How many demons did you cast out? How many people did you preach the gospel to? What did you do with the anointing that was given to you by God when I laid hands on you? 
Hello. I can guarantee you, most of you sitting here did not lead one soul to Jesus from the last time I laid hands on you. So what are you going to tell the Lord when, he stands, when you stand before him and he says, didn't you receive the anointing five years ago when Dion prayed for you? When Pastor James prayed for you? When the other preacher that preached here prayed for you? What did you do with my word and the promises of my word? Anybody there? I'm just getting this. A blank stare. He's like, <laughs> he's speaking to this guy, not to me. Hallelujah. Somebody say the fear of the law. Do you fear God? Do you honor God? Do you respect God? Do you believe in God? Do you believe in what he's telling us to do? Then do it. Just do it. What hinders you? The only thing that hinders you, sometimes we get give the devil all the glory. Oh, it's the devil, it's the devil. No, it's just you being disobedient. Right? Now you can say to your neighbor, well, that's for you, not for me. Hallelujah. <laughs> because we, we want the easy way out. We want somebody else to do the job for us. We don't want to get heavily involved and, 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 you know, do too many things because we're afraid of failure and we're afraid of criticism and we're afraid of persecution. Well, that was a good word right there. We, don't, we mustn't be afraid of what man says. We need to get the fear of God back in our hearts and get rid of the fear of man. Who cares what man says? Who cares what man thinks? If I had to listen to all the criticism I've had in the last 34 years, I would have been out of the ministry a long time ago. Long time ago. I've had hitmen put on me. People tried it just recently again. We've had people attacking us and doing things, you know. And if I have to just listen to all of that, I would stop. But I'm not going to stop because I've learned 30 years ago not to fear man. Because Jeremiah 1 says this when, when, when God spoke to Jeremiah. He said, don't look at their faces. Don't look at their faces. Don't, don't look at how they react in front of you, what they think about you, what they even might say about you. You just do what I tell you to do. Amen. And it seems like around the world, but especially here in Australia, it seems like people are far more worried about what people are going to say than what God says. So ask your neighbor quickly, who do you fear? Do you fear God or man? Come on, ask your neighbor. Who do you fear? Do you fear God or do you fear man? I'm teaching you on authority. Somebody say authority. Jesus says, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Whatever, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Listen carefully now. This is verse 13 in uh, John 14, verse 13, Petra. I want you all to see this because you're going to get a little revelation now. Whatever you ask in my name, that's in the name of Jesus, Jesus says, I will do that what may happen, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you don't start asking and operating in the supernatural, asking God, seeing the things for God to do in your life, you are stealing the glory from God. 
Did you ever read it like that? Did you ever think about that? Whatever I ask in the name of Jesus, God says he'll do it for me. Because when he does it, guess who's going to receive the glory? God the Father. And many times when we don't respond to the word and we don't ask and we don't act on the word, we are stealing the glory that is supposed to come to God. Somebody's thinking, I shouldn't have come back tonight. But it's true. We have to give God the glory by exercising our faith and begin to ask the Father. Obviously in all things, not just in one area of healing, but in a lot of things. Would you all agree? All right. Go with me to Matthew chapter 10. You've never underlined this in your Bible. I, I, I challenge you to please underline these verses. And maybe some of you have already underlined it, but now there's just coming a reminder to you. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, it says, And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits. Are you listening to me? Jesus called his 12 disciples tonight. We are far more than 12 disciples. And Jesus is calling you tonight. Listen to what I'm saying in the service. And he's about to give you power over unclean spirits. What's the first thing the scripture says that he's given you power over? Unclean spirits. Demon spirits. He's given you power and authority. He says, I, he gave them power over unclean spirits to do what with them? To cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Am I reading the word? Is this Jesus speaking? Are you a disciple? Then you have that authority being given to you tonight. Do you believe that? You have the authority being given. So that people say, well, that's great. Thank you. Hallelujah. I take it. But now, do you use it? Or are you going to take the talent that God has given you and bury that talent? Or are you going to start working on the gifts that God has given you? For the last five years or four years, the Lord has been dealing with me very strongly out of the scripture. And he's been saying to me, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Another scripture says, stir up the gifts, stir up the gifts. I've taught this year, I've spoken about it. But God is saying that we all individually have to stir up the gifts. Stir up the word of wisdom. Stir up the word of knowledge. Stir up the sinning of who can, I can't do it for you. Paul went to Timothy and said, yeah, I'm laying my hands on you. Now that I've laid hands on you and you're anointed by God, you stir up the gift. You have to stir it up. Is anybody hearing that? Desire this, which I'm, which I'm preaching. Desire to be used by God. Don't be a lukewarm Christian who's just happy by saying, yuppie, I'm going to go to heaven when I die. No, desire the gift so that you can be an instrument of honor in the hands of God to lead other people to Jesus. Amen. Who wants revival? Come on, who's ready for a move? He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, not to have a picnic with them and ask them how many there are inside and how long they've been there and who's their grandmother and grandfather. Okay. Cast them out to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. I skip a few verses and I go to verse 7. 
verse 7, Jesus says, And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 8, Jesus says, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. For freely you have received, freely give. Do you believe the Bible? How many of these four things have you done? How many of these four things have you done in your life? Well, brother, I don't like what you're telling me. It's not me, it's Jesus. What are you doing? Heal the sick? Cleanse the lepers? Well, thank God we don't have lepers today. But we have COVID. We have sugar diabetes. We have cancer. We have AIDS. We have all that stuff. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Anybody raise the dead lately? <laughs> some <laughs> you said it, Pastor. I wanted to say it. You stole the words out of my mouth, but that's a. Uh, you know, it's just wow. I just I love it when I preach and I see the reaction of people. It's like. Are you crazy, man? You want me to do that? It's not what I want you to do. It's what Jesus wants you to do. Would you agree? Preach to the people. Tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. For freely you have received, freely give. So tonight... I'm about to lay hands on you. I'm about to ask God to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask God that he would be glorified through you being obedient to his, his commandments. And when you leave this building, hopefully you'll begin to exercise the authority that God has given you. Because dear friend, you are a king, you are a priest, and you receive that anointing and the authority from Jesus himself. He's the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. He's the one who gives us that authority. Go and exercise and use it. Would you agree? Amen. Go and use what God is giving you. Now go with me to Luke chapter 10. You know, I have a whole testimony concerning this because I remember when I got saved, you know, I got so radically saved uh, uh, and I've, share, I've shared my testimony before here. But I was a full-on alcoholic, uh, a fighter, a drinker and all of that stuff and the Lord delivered me from that. And three days after I got saved, I planted my first church with 400 decisions. I started walking in the streets because I had a revelation on these scriptures and I started casting out devils and I started seeing the blind, seeing the deaf here and the cripple healed. I, I, I mean, we saw that. I'm not bragging. I took the word of God and I said, Lord, if this is what you told me to do, I'm going to do it. And the power of God began to flow. And then there was a guy in church because we had our church started growing and growing and growing. And then there was another guy in church who was a minister of another church. And one day while I was doing street ministry and I was preaching and telling people about the Lord. Because I would average between 30 and 40 people a day that I led to the Lord on the streets. And this man jumped out. He drove a big Mercedes Benz. He stopped next to me while I was preaching. Jumped out as a, as a minister from another church. And he stuck his finger in my face and he said, who do you think you you are. I said, what do you mean? He says, who gave you the authority and the right to do that? Where's your papers? Who ordained you? Where did you study? Who do you think you are? And this guy was, I mean, he was straight in my face. And so I said to him, are you angry at me because I'm praying for people to get healed and I'm leading people who are getting saved? They're giving their hearts to Jesus. Are you actually mad at me because I'm doing your job for you? 
You know what? That guy was so mad at me. He was fuming. He said to me, who gave you the authority? So I said, do you have your Bible with you? And he said, yes, I do. I said, give me your Bible. I'll show you who gave me the authority. And I opened his Bible. And I read from his Bible. And you know what? He just, I read these scriptures I'm giving you now. You know, if you have somebody arguing against you and they say that's not in the Bible, you need to know the Bible. Take their Bible and read it. They'll be amazed. Wow, I didn't know it was in my Bible also. <laughs> Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you better know the word. Got to know the word. You got to know the word. He said to me, he gave you this authority. So I read these verses, and then he came to me and he said to me, what you are reading is just for those disciples in those days. I said, oh, really? He said, yes, just these 12 disciples got the authority and the power. Then I opened the Bible, and please open with me in Luke chapter 10, verse 1. In Luke chapter 10, verse 1, it says, after these things, the Lord appointed how many? How many? These are 17 nameless, faceless people we've never heard of. But the Lord appointed them. Do you agree with me that tonight you are part of this 70 in this house? That if God would appoint them, God is appointing you tonight to go and do the works of Jesus? Oh boy, come on. Aren't you ready for that? Are you hungry that God will send you and use you for His honor and glory? That when you become obedient and you ask the Father in the name of Jesus to heal somebody who's sick or to preach the gospel or to, to do a miracle, that God the Father will be glorified through you because of your obedience to His word. Do you love God enough that you will honor Him to do that? Pastor James, it makes sense. We have to do it. Stop waiting for somebody else to move because they'll never move. You do it. Amen. You do it. The Lord appointed 70 others also, and he did something. He sent them two by two before every face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. I love this. He sent them two by two. Why? Why two by two and not as individuals? Because the Bible says if two of you agree on earth concerning anything you ask, it will be done for you by our Father in heaven. The Bible says one shall put a thousand to flight, two shall put ten thousand, three shall put a hundred thousand. Do you know that each and every one of us, we actually began to do what the Lord says. We'll have this place packed out tomorrow night. Revival will come. You've seen it once, can see it again. God can do it. The question is, are you obedient to his commandments? Hopefully you will be tonight. And hopefully you'll be hungry enough and bold enough to come forward to receive what God has for you. In Jesus' name. Verse 2 says, then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I'm just obedient to the scripture. Tonight, I want to lay hands on you and pray the Lord will send you out into his harvest field. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a laborer. Well, how much are you going to pay me? <laughs> Your reward is in heaven. Come on. Is everybody with me? You all look so serious tonight. Look at verse 9. 
Jesus called the 70, verse 9 says, he says to the 70, heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of heaven has come near you. He gave them this order, heal the sick. Tonight through the scripture, faith comes by hearing. And tonight Jesus through me is speaking to you and he's saying to you, I want you to heal the sick. I want you to cast out devils. I want you to preach the kingdom of God. Thank you for the amen. Verse 17. You know this, I know you know this. But I still get excited when I read verse 17. Because here it says, after the Lord appointed them and sent them, they were actually obedient to what God did. And they came back and gave report. What's the report? They, when the 70 returned with joy. Somebody say joy. They returned with joy. And they said this, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Isn't it amazing that every time we read the Bible that we'll see they got to do with demons, demons casting out demons, exercising authority, using the mighty name of Jesus. We sang such beautiful songs about the name of Jesus. And yet so many people don't know the authority and the power of the name of Jesus. We believe the songs we sing, but we cannot exercise what we sing out there. It's nice in here because we're in a comfort zone. Hello? It's fine, everybody around me sings it, everybody around me believes it. But when you're on your own, do you still believe in the name of Jesus? Okay? So they returned with joy and they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, are you ready? Here's the authority. He says, behold, I give you the authority. You're not excited about this. I give you the authority to do what? To trample on serpents and scorpions. And I give you the authority, watch this, over all the power of the enemy. Hallelujah. God gives you authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, listen, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. The only thing that hurts you and I here in Australia is what people say about you. And the only reason you take offense at what people say about you is because of pride in your heart. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not prideful. Mm -mm. <laughs> You'll ignore me. <laughs> we don't say anything. James chapter 5 verse 14. Are you hearing the word? Who's receiving this word tonight? Come on, I'm so excited. Those, these, the, these Gladstone demons are manifesting right now. They're saying, please don't lay hands on them. Please don't get them full of the Holy Ghost. Please don't let them go out and do the word. Amen. But I'm come to torment the devil tonight. We're going to get you full of the Holy Ghost. Come on, get you full of the glory. Is anyone among you sick? Verse 14, James 5, 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and not only save the sick, but he will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Oh, thank you, Jesus. If you've committed sins, you will be forgiven. When you pray over them and God heals them, God heals them from their sins as well. Verse 16, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. 
the effect of fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effect of fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. How righteous are you? Meaning, how are you in your standing with God? Because when I'm in Christ, it's that right standing that I have with him. Right? Obedience de determines my righteousness. We can't get more righteous than what we are, but we can grow our faith by becoming obedient to his word. We are righteous because of Jesus Christ. We can't get any more righteous than what God made us, right? You can't, your works is not going to make you more righteous. But God expects of you and I to exercise our faith because without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Now, I know that the modern day church today, a lot of people are saying, yes, but I'm saved by grace and not by works, so I don't have to do all of this. No, Paul had said to us, he said, I'll show you my, my faith by the works that I do. You cannot be a Christian and not have works. We need to work for God and his kingdom. But people are lazy and they don't want to respond to God's commandments. Therefore, they ignore it. And they'll just say, well, I'm saved by grace and I'm okay. Of course, we're saved by grace. Thank God for God's grace. But he still wants you to operate by faith. Who agrees with what I said? Who's ready to receive tonight from the Lord? I love Jesus. I love the word. Who loves the word? You can play that I, the last song we sang, the worship team. <clears throat> Come on, let's lift our hands to the Lord. Father, we just honor you tonight. We love you. We worship you. We acknowledge your very presence. Father, again, preach my heart out, Lord. But the scripture is very clear. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. Come and build your house, Lord Jesus. Come and build your church, Lord Jesus. Come and minister to your people tonight, Lord. Fill your people with glory. Fill them with boldness, Father. Fill them, Father God, with your Holy Spirit and your anointing. Forgive us from complacency, Lord, laziness. Forgive us from being selfish, self-centered, full of pride. Forgive us, Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Move tonight. Heal tonight. Baptize us tonight, Lord. Even me, fill us with your Holy Ghost. Give to us boldness that we may speak your word. Help us tomorrow night, Lord, to see this house jam-packed full. Save the lost, Father. We pray this. Use us as laborers to preach the gospel. To bring the good news of Jesus. 
I know the people heard my voice, Lord, and yet there are still people who are doubting and fearful. But I thank you tonight that by the power of God given to me, I break the power of fear. I rebuke the spirit of fear off of people in Jesus' name. Will somebody agree with me? We bind the spirit of fear off of people. We come against that spirit of doubt and unbelief. Father, tonight I also want to bind the fear of man. I want to break that off of people today in Jesus' name. The, concern, the concerns, what, what will they say or what will they think? Lord, take it away. But put the fear of God back in our hearts, Lord. That we will serve you diligently, faithfully, boldly, uncompromisingly, Father. Cause us to trust you and believe you for everything, Lord, in our lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You can drop your hands. With every head bowed and every eye closed, before I'm going to get to pray for you, I must ask this question. You cannot be used by God if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus. I don't know if there are any visitors here tonight, new people who've come, but I have to ask you this question. I cannot let this night go by without asking this question. If you died right now, will you go to heaven or to hell? It's a very important question. If you had to die right now, will you go up or will you go down? And if you never heard this question, hopefully you're thinking about this now. Saying, I don't want to go to hell, Dion. I want to go to heaven. I want to give my heart to Jesus. Please, I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I know that my life is not right. I heard you preach tonight. You said things that really got me thinking. And I know that I am not in right standing with God. But tonight, tonight, I want to repent. And tonight, I want to give my heart to Jesus. Dion, please, you have to pray with me. Please, you have to pray with me. With nobody looking except me. Please be serious with the Lord tonight. If you say, Dion, I need Jesus. I don't want to spend eternity in hell. I want to spend eternity with Jesus. And you would love for me to pray for you tonight that you can give your heart to Jesus. When I count to three, I want you to lift your hand. Okay? Don't worry about Pastor James sitting up front. Don't worry about the people around you. It's you and the Lord right now. If you say, Dion, would you please pray for me? I want to make right with God. Then at the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands going up. Everybody who raised their hands, again, with all earnestness, seriousness, this is not to expose you. This is not to make you feel uncomfortable. But if you raise your hand and you want to really give your heart to Jesus, I want those who raise their hands to please stand to their feet right now. Would you stand to your feet? Everybody who raised their hands. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, stand up. God bless you. Yes. God bless you. God bless you. There were hands that went up and now you're not standing. Those who raised their hands, take a stand for Jesus. Be bold. Be bold. Those that are standing, 
thank you very much. Would you join me up front, please? Would you all come down here by me? Don't be shy. Come on. Come stand here. I would love to lead you to Jesus in a prayer. Let's give them a nice big hand clap as they come forward. Come stand next to each other up front here by me. I don't bite, I promise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who's glad for these people coming down to the front? Thank you, Lord. Now, all of you, please help me like we did this morning. There might be just somebody who wants to stand up. Maybe they're from another church and you're concerned. You say, well, if I go forward, do I have to join this church? That's not what we're asking you. We're asking you to make right with Jesus. You do not become a Christian by joining a church. You become a Christian by giving your life to Jesus Christ. So audience, will you help me quickly evangelize? Would you turn around, ask your neighbor, are you right with God? Come on, maybe there's somebody you don't know. Ask them, are you right with Jesus? If they don't know, bring them to the front. We'll help them. We'll help them. Is there anybody else? Now, young lady, how many times have you given your heart to Jesus? More than once? Or is this the first time? One time or twice? How many times have you given your heart to the Lord? Just once? And you? Once? How many times have you given your heart to Jesus? Countless times. Same thing. So, why is it that people would respond over and over and over when there's a call for salvation? Because the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you through the preaching of the Word. And all of a sudden, you come to the realization, but you know what? I'm not right with God. I, I, I'm, I'm wrong. But this is what the word repentance means. Look at me. When I was in the army... We will learn to march. Watch. March and then we said about turn. About turn means to turn around and then march that way. Repentance means I'm walking this way, but I'm now giving my heart to Jesus. It means I'm going to turn around and go this way. Do you understand that? It's difficult because we are under peer pressure. We are under pressure from friends. We are under pressure from circumstances, the world and whatever. And the Bible says broad is the way down to hell, but narrow is the way towards heaven. And there's a lot of people, the flow down to hell is very strong. Amen, fam. It's very strong. Here's another one coming forward. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, give God praise. This is awesome. <laughs> So when I, when I begin to turn around and I have to walk upstream, look at me. There's people who's going to bump you, shove you, you know, and it's a fight that you are in to get to the end point that's heaven. God bless you. I'm so glad you're here with us. Are you looking? Are you listening? And it's difficult to be a follower of Jesus. The one who tells us it's easy to follow the Lord, they lied. It's hard to be a Christian, but with the help of God and the help of the Holy Spirit and with the help of the family, here's the whole family tonight, you can actually make it and serve God. Right? 
You find people to encourage you, to carry you, to pray with you. To that's why it's a pastor. Pa is pa, daddy. Pastor. Hello. It's a revelation for some people. In my language, a pa is a dad, and a ma is a mother. So you have a a pastor and a master. <laughs> And that's why we are to submit. The pastors are there to carry you, to help you, to teach you, to encourage you. Who agrees with what I'm saying? But, now look at me. The reason you're standing here is because you never really surrendered to God. You prayed a prayer, but you didn't really mean what you prayed. Does that make sense? I have to surrender. There's such a calling on your life. The Lord shows me that he, that you are like a bunch of grapes. I see grapes. And I see how the Lord comes and He takes those grapes with His hand and He squishes it and out comes the juice. And the Lord says, you are so full of the anointing. You are so full of His glory. He's paved the way for you. But you're running, you're running, you're running, you're ignoring and you've backslidden because of the world and the things of the world. But tonight God says, slide back to me. I'm calling you back to me because I want to release that anointing which is upon your life. Stop running from the calling. Serve Him with all of your heart. Allow Him to squish you because a diamond is a piece of coal that under pressure forms. You're hearing me. Tonight, you give your heart to the Lord. Where are you from? You're an, you're an Aussie, born Aussie. Serve the Lord and break away from the pressures of people. Do not be influenced by your friends. Listen to what I'm saying. Don't be influenced by your friends. You make a decision, young man. Because the Bible says a tree that doesn't bear fruit is cut off and thrown into the fire. You don't want that. So tonight, hopefully, young lady, you give your heart to Jesus. You serve Him with everything inside of you. And you're not alone. And people might call you names. and everything, But here is a home that you can join and have fellowship and grow in the Lord. Hmm? Will you do that? Good. Are you with me? You're standing way there. Come closer. We didn't forget you. Can I speak the truth tonight? How many times you gave your heart to the Lord? Twice. All right, tonight's the final night, right? Good. You understand that? Good. I'm happy for you. Hallelujah. You mean business? I see a branch broken. I see the pain that is in your heart. And I see the anger and the bitterness that you've been carrying for so long. I see that the branch is not producing leaves or fruit anymore because it's been broken and you are a broken twig. But the Lord says, I'm bringing healing to you tonight. I'm setting you free from the bitterness, the hurt, the rejection and what people have spoken about you. The pain and the hurt that you've gone through. Am I speaking the truth? Yes, I am. 
Now, this is how much God loves you. He's going to put a band-aid around that broken branch because it's not cut off. It's just broken, but he's going to mend you and you're going to produce fruit in the time to come. You stop running and allow the Lord to speak to you. Allow the Lord to minister to you and you'll see. You'll see increase come in your life. Amen. I love it. As I speak, the tears are just flowing freely. And I see, I see a, a round object being cut, not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. And you've been broken up in, in a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight pieces. And you are very confused and saying, which way do I need to go? What do I have to do? What is important for me? And the Lord says, I'm picking you up and I'm making you whole again. You've had so many voices, so many people speaking to you, saying things to you. You, you really, and if I'm wrong, stop me. But there's confusion in your heart. You say, I just don't know what direction to go. But tonight, listen to me, tonight God is mending you. He's making you whole again. You're not going to do this and do that and do that and do that to try and please people. You're going to now please the Lord. Does that make sense? Am I right? Yeah. See, when you give your heart to Jesus, we develop the mind of Christ. And you have that mind. No confusion. You hear the voice of God. You follow God. He'll, the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. The Lord will begin to direct your path lead you where you should go. Pray, seek Him, because now tonight you're making right with Jesus. I, I break that confusion off of you. I break that fear off of you, and God's going to use you in a powerful way. Amen. Are you, do you do computers and IT kind of work, or what are you doing right now? No, are you studying? Are you a student? School? You're at school right now. Have you thought of getting into computers? Well, I sense the Lord saying that there is a, there is a, um, uh, in the time to come, you're going to get involved with computer work and IT work, stuff like that. I don't know. There's something to do with computers, designing or whatever it is, but get ready because God has a very bright future for you. I see that. Amen. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. You all right? A bad knee? All right, we'll pray for you. Can we all stand to our feet, family? You guys up front, hold your hands in front of you if you would, please. An audience, stretch your hands out to these beautiful people, and I want everybody to pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, all of you in front, say, Heavenly Father, I stand before you tonight. I confess that I'm a sinner, but I ask you to forgive me all my sins in the name of Jesus. I believe right now that the blood of Jesus cleanses me completely from my sins. Therefore, I have no more sin. Say it again. I have no more sin. I have been forgiven. I believe in Jesus. I believe He's the Son of God. I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead Lord Jesus by faith I invite you tonight to come and live in my heart I receive you right now as my God and my Savior and my very best friend say this say Satan 
I renounce you, your ways, in Jesus' name. I will not follow you anymore, but I will follow God in the name of Jesus. If I should die, I'm not going to go to hell. I will go to heaven because my name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you, God, for saving me tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. You are now a child of God. Right? So let me ask you, what's your name? Michael. Oh, Michael. Michael, if you died now, where are you going? Are you sure? Do you have the assurance of your salvation tonight? All right, did you repent? Are you going to follow God? Are you going to come back tomorrow night? Good. You're going to join the church? Okay. Have you joined the church? Okay, good. Well, good. Now you're going to serve the Lord. Get involved. Father, I break every uh, demon spirit over this man that has robbed him from his faith, that has kept him bound and captive, Lord, by the power of God given to me in the name of Jesus. I command you, Satan, loose him right now. I break your power off of him. I break your power off of him. In Jesus' name, I rebuke every demonic spirit, every stronghold of the enemy, Satan. I bind you right now. Let it go. In Jesus' name. Every stronghold, every stronghold, Satan, loose in Jesus' name. I break it. I break it. I break it right now. Fear and stress and anxiety, get out right now. I command you, let them go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Loose in Jesus' name. Everything go. Everything go. Everything go right now. I break the works of darkness. I rebuke the works of the enemy in Jesus' name. Take your hands off of them. They're the property of the Most High God. Shaman, can you come here, please? You have a sore leg? Do you believe God can heal you? Do you want Him to heal you? Can my wife put a hand on your knee? Father, we rebuke this pain. I rebuke this injury, whatever she's gone through or experienced. By the power of God given to me, Satan, take your hands off of her knee. I bind you right now. Let her go. All the works of the enemy, all the works, all the works, every unclean spirit, I rebuke you from her now in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you to heal the cartilage, heal the muscles, the tendons, and whatever is broken in there, Lord. Set her free and give her a whole new knee, a whole new knee in Jesus' name. She's your daughter, Lord. Thank you for touching her, Lord. Thank you for healing her. Thank you that she feels the pain go. Your life going to her leg because she believes you can heal her. I thank you, Lord, that you heal her right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. What's your name? Jasmine, move your leg. Huh? Okay, you have no more pain? Is the pain gone? Jump. You can actually jump. Jump again. Come on. She's quite amazed. The God's healed the leg tonight. Hallelujah. No more pain. Who healed you? Jesus. Say, Jesus healed me. Now serve him with all your heart. He wouldn't heal you for nothing. Okay? He loves you. Come here, young lady. Father, I rebuke every demonic stronghold over her life, every lie of the enemy who would come to steal, to kill, and destroy. You are not welcome anymore with her. I bind you right now in the name of Jesus. Let it go, let it go right now. 
right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We want to take you and get your names if we can, Pastor James. We're going to take them with the TNs over there. Uh, guys, look at me quickly. Would you all just turn and go down the aisle? And uh, who's going to take them? Uh, just go to the foyer there, and they're going to give you a book to fill in. Hallelujah. Let's take it to that. So let's give God a clap offering for these people. Is there a, um, a, a person, you may be seated just quickly. Is there a person here tonight, you have a, a problem with your throat, your voice, your throat, like a lump or a growth or something, and you've been struggling with that? Is there somebody here in the house with this condition? I want to pray for somebody who has a, a growth or a lump in your throat. Anybody like that, just wave your hand. Is there anybody here? Is there anybody who is deaf or hard of hearing, struggling with your ears? Ask your neighbor quickly, are you deaf? Please come forward if you are deaf and you are struggling with your ears. I would love to pray with you if you need a healing in your ears. Come on down. So are you a real first up front? What's wrong with your ears? You don't have hearing aids in. Oh, you do have a hearing aid. So how much percentage can you hear if you took the hearing aid out? How much would you be able to hear? 30%, 70% deaf, 30% hearing. Is that both ears or just, it's both ears? Do you have faith that God can heal you tonight? And may I ask one more question? How long have you been struggling with your ear? 45 years. Wow. Would you like God to heal you tonight? I can see you believe. So would you take out your hearing aids? Who believes with me that God will do it? Boy, do you agree? Now remember, put your faith in my faith. I'm not the healer. Jesus is the healer. Jesus Christ is the healer, not me. Let's believe the Lord. 45 years. Father, by the power of God given to me tonight, in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of deafness. Satan, you've held him bound for 45 years. You are not welcome any longer. By the power of God given to me, I command you, Jesus' name, come out of him right now. Whoa. Hallelujah. <laughs> what happened? Very quiet, very loud, very quickly. <laughs> are they open? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear the piano playing? Yes. And you don't have your hearing aid in? Wow. I wish you could see the smile on his face. Somebody get excited and give God praise. Hallelujah. Is that true? I certainly hope so. Well, you can feel that. You can hear. Turn around. Turn around. All right. Can you hear? 
You heard me. Are you married? All right, now you not have to say to your wife, eh. All right? She'll hear you. God bless you. Say you have great faith. Let's say thank you again to Jesus. Amen. What is wrong? You may be seated, Bruce. You can give that uh, hearing aid to the old age home, bless the Lord. can heal your ear have you been prayed for before all right you don't have a hearing aid in or anything okay well the fact of the matter is you're in mono we need to get you back in stereo right 55 years family completely deaf her left ear. Father, by the power of God given to me in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of deafness. Satan, you've tormented her for 55 years. But tonight we command you to let go of this ear. I speak to the eardrum and I say to the eardrum, be made whole. I speak to any nerve condition that there is. I rebuke that right now. And I say, you deaf spirit, by the power of God given to me, come out of her in Jesus' name. And now, Lord, I thank you that she can hear me and that you open her ear. Can you hear me speak? It's muffled. Okay, can you hear me there? No? In the name of Jesus. Come on, family. I'm not the healer God is. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for a brand new ear. I thank you for a brand new eardrum and everything, Lord. Everything, 55 years, touch this ear, heal her ear, set her free right now. By the power of God given to me, in the name of Jesus, I break it from her. I break it, I break it, I break it, and I thank you for divine healing to flow in Jesus' name. Can you hear me? from that year. Okay, I understand. I'm just asking. I like your honesty. We, we need to be honest. All right, I'm closing your good ear. Can you hear me? From that ear. You close your good ear. I don't want to put my finger in your brain. Hallelujah. All right. Any sound difference? But you can hear, but it's not clear and it's still muffled. But would you say that there is a change, yes or no? Okay. Yes. All right, good. Now, come on, somebody. Father, thank you. 55 years, think about this. Lord, I thank you that that which has closed up uh, through the years, that you open it up, you open it up. Lord, thank you for total healing. I thank you for complete hearing in Jesus' name. 55 years is a long time. Her ear needs to adapt. I thank you that she will hear. Lord, we see the beginning. We see the end from the beginning. That she can hear clearly. Clearly. In Jesus' name. Close your ear one more time. Is there a change? Now look at me. I prayed for a man who was 65 years old. He was, he was uh, born deaf. And when I finished praying for him, he went back. 
And all of a sudden, he started screaming about 30 minutes later. He started screaming. I said, why are you screaming? He said, I can hear. So you come and testify and tell me when that ear opens, all right? Because God has healed you from that. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is wrong? You can't hear nothing in both ears. Do you have hearing aids? I think she might be completely deaf as well. Have compassion, church. Lord, you see her weeping. She's in desperate need, Father. She needs a miracle tonight, Lord. And I thank you by the power of God given to me that this spirit of infirmity will bow its knee to the name of Jesus. Deafness, you will bow your knee. Deaf and dumb spirit, I rebuke you. I command you right now, come out of her in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, Lord, open up these ears that she will hear clearly in Jesus' name. Say hello. hello. Say thank you, Jesus. Can you hear me now? Turn around. What is your name? How long have you been dead, Cindy? Sonia. I'm asking you, how long have you been struggling with your hearing? Two years. Her name is? Cynthia. Cindy. I'll pray for my ears. Cindy, can you hear me? But you're answering my question. Is there a change? No change at all. But when you had your back turned, you hear me speak. How's that possible? Hmm. Many times out of fear because we're in front of people, we get a little bit jittery. I believe God has opened your ears. I believe that you can hear, but your brain just hasn't grasped that you can hear me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? So you can hear me with your, you can hear me with your, with me behind you. Now look at me. No pressure. Just keep saying thank you, Jesus. Will you do that? Yeah, good. But when you go home, thank you, thank you. And tonight you're going to hear everything going on in the house. All right. I'm just warning you. You might not sleep very well tonight. <laughs> All right. God bless you, man. Thank you, Jesus. It's amazing. She hears. What's wrong? You, you're not deaf, just hard of hearing. Are you married? Okay. I'm sorry, I'm naughty. Father, by the power of God given to me, I rebuke this deaf spirit, and I command this spirit to leave him in the name of Jesus. Every damage that has come to the eardrums, I ask you, Father, heal him. By the power of God, I punch this thing from him. And I ask you to restore both ears that he will hear clearly in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Don't test it. What's wrong, ma'am? Yeah. 
Let's believe the Lord give you new ears, like when you were 18 years old. Amen. Father, we bind the spirit of deafness. We rebuke the deafness. We come against it right now. We don't have to grow old and be deaf, Lord. We can grow old and be healthy and strong. And so I release your divine healing in her ears. You deaf spirit, come out of her right now. In Jesus' name. Wow, what happened now? Oh, it just sort of, my ears just popped. <laughs> yeah. And now you can hear me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so who healed you? The Lord Jesus. That's right. God bless you. You have great faith. Amen. And now you're going to hear everything. So they're not going to talk about you behind your back anymore. God bless you. You may be seated, man. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Jeff, Father, we bind all the attacks of the enemy. And we thank you that Jeff believes and stands upon the promise of your word. And by the power of God given to me right now, I rebuke the deafness. I come against any attack of the enemy. Satan, I break your power off of him in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that you heal Jeff's ears and opens it, that he will hear clearly everything, Father, that he has not heard or struggled with, that you set Jeff free in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. How does that feel? It's good? Your wife's not going to talk about you anymore, bless the Lord. You're going to say, I heard that. No, I'm teasing. God bless you, Jeff. Let's give God a big clap offering. Thank you, Lord. Say this. Say, thank you, Jesus. I believe tonight when hands are laid on me, I'm going to go and do the works of Jesus. Freely tonight, I receive. Freely tomorrow, I'm going to give. I surrender to you, Lord. Thank you that you open up doors for me. Open up doors for me, Lord. And use me to your honor and glory in Jesus' name. There is a lady sitting here. You gave birth. And with, ever since you gave birth, you've been struggling with a lower back pain for a long time. Who is that lady? You have a very strong back pain. Come quickly. Let me pray for you. A lower back pain. You gave birth when you had a child, had a child and you've been struggling with this back pain. Is that true? You have a back pain? All righty. You have children? Two sons. All right. Uh, Michelle, would you just come and lay hands on me? Do you feel the pain right now? Do you feel pain? No pain? Oh, did you have pain? When did you have the pain? When I said it, you felt the pain, but now, do you feel pain now? No? <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Maybe the Lord's healed you before I even got to you. Father, we thank you for touching her back. Come on, church. We thank you, Lord, that you heal her lower back. We thank you, Father, that that which you revealed to me, you'll take it all away. Every vertebrae, every muscle, every tendon in the lower back, I rebuke it off of her. Satan, take your hands off of her. I bind you in Jesus' name. Lady God, thank you that you heal not just her back, but heal her whole body. From the top of her head 
all the way down to the soles of the feet. We release your anointing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Say thank you, Lord. God bless you. You may be seated again. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. <laughs> she looks so happy. Praise the Lord. Are you glad you came? You're going to come back tomorrow night? It's just one more night. I'm sorry I look at you and then the Lord shows me pictures. What's your name? Chantal. Afrikaans. Now we're going to speak the heavenly language. Maybe some of you will get the reference. No. I saw a, a, a bowl of fruit salad. And I hear that when the Lord speaks fruits to me, it just means good stuff. There's, we produce fruit in our lives. But the Lord says that there's many giftings that He's placed upon your life. And there's many areas that you've, you've kind of like shun away and, and didn't really flow in what God has intended for you to do. Maybe it's because of a new country or maybe it's insecurities in your life. But there are talents that God has given you. And the Lord says, I'm stirring up those talents within you tonight that you will begin to operate in my presence, in my glory and in my power. You've desired and longed for the, not just the fruits of the Spirit, but the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Am I speaking true? And you've longed to see the miracles flow through your hands. But know this tonight, that God is now stirring up that fruit salad. And it's going to be fresh. It's going to be new. And you're going to operate in the supernatural like never before. The Lord has placed upon not just you, but on your family is a boldness. You have a boldness on you. And the Lord says the boldness has been suppressed a little bit, put down. But now it shall spring up like a river. It shall spring up the well of living water inside of you. Young lady, what is your name? You are going to be used like a tennis ball. God says, uh, He says that you're going to whack a tennis ball here and you're going to whack the tennis ball. They're meaning, I don't even know if you play tennis. Do you play tennis? Well, uh, you're going to hit the devil here and hit the devil there. And no matter what the enemy will bring your way, listen, you are not going to bow your knee to the peer pressure of the people in the school and the people that you are surrounded to. You are going to stand up as a burning light and you are going to show the people the way that they should go. Hallelujah. You are going to receive promotion. You are going to accelerate in your schoolwork and uh, and in the, in the because of the favor of the Lord that is upon you, the favor of the Lord upon this family. In Jesus' name, you accept what I'm saying. No more fear of man. No more f no, just power and glory that's coming your way. I prophesy that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Do you believe in the prophetic? Not the pathetic, the prophetic. All right, who wants me to lay hands on you tonight? Who wants this anointing? Those of you who don't want it, you 